If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Christmas and Hanukkah just ended. So consider this episode one last present. Just remember, we wrap it in swear words. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading Chapter 5 of The Will of the Empress. We'll grab our cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's talk to pretty girls. Chapter 5 opens with before formally being presented at court. They all go in and everybody's like, ah, introducing Lady Sangeline. And and specifically introduces Briar and Triss and Daja as mages, which they had not been intending to do. And they're like, well, cat's out of the bag on that one, I guess. So they all pull their medallions out. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Except Sandry, because she knows that nobody's going to look at her any differently. And then there's all of this court political game stuff. Intrigue. It's intrigue. Well, it's not even like intrigue yet. It's just all of the nicety, fake, pretending bullshit. It's it's like high school. Mm. And the empress is, oh, Sandry. I love your dress. You must tell me who your seamstress is. Oh, well, I'm my own seamstress. Everybody knows this, but we have to go through all the shenanigans. And then we get a little more intrigue because then the Empress brings Sandry this bolt of fabric that has been sent to her from the Emperor of Yanjing. She's like, I would like a professional's opinion on this because you know more about fabric than I do. It's a political test to see both if Sandry can figure out what the deal is with the fabric 
and also to see if she can like handle the situation diplomatically. Sandry uses her magic to kind of probe the fabric, which hurts, but she manages to figure out that this fabric has been woven in, it's like gorgeous fabric that like shimmers and shifts color between various shades of red and purple. But as she probes deeper, she figures out that it's three layers, the two outside layers have been very carefully woven and embroidered to hide the middle layer, which is embroidered to basically as soon as somebody gets injured to start putting like rot and disease into their injuries. So it will basically kill whoever's wearing it. So Sandry is like, this is such fine fabric and it's really too fine for anyone in Namorn to know what to do with. So you should send it to the ambassador from Yenjing because he he surely misses his home and and this will give him like a, a, a taste of home so he, he won't be as homesick. Okay, so I think I think we're missing a part. Doesn't the Empress already know this? Yes, absolutely. So that like that's that's the other part of this. She already knows. Yeah, yeah. she wants to see how Sandry will handle it. The text specifically states that Rizuka, who brings the who we will see later but who brings the fabric to Sandry is not holding the fabric it is wrapped in paper and she's only holding it by the paper because they already know that this is super dangerous so then all the young men get to come up and introduce themselves to Sandry and we meet Finn and Jack who will be showing up more later I forgot we also meet uh Ishabal Lady Hammer who is the Empress's like head mage or something lady hammer knows all about r4 <laughs> so then we get finn and jack sandry is giving no fucks to anyone and just like yeah don't don't be like oh you're so beautiful and your eyes sparkle like the sky or what like this is bullshit they they kind of go out and they're like the empress's noble entourage are all like talking to everybody and so it's just like fancy nobility party shit. Daja gets to meet Rizuka or Rizu for short. Daja's like, OMFG, this woman is like the most prettiest lady I have ever met before. Or a pretty lady. <laughs> and it's super cute. Tris uh, doesn't want anything to do with nobility party shit. So she's like, well, you got, well you're making goo goo eyes at this girl. I'm going to go make goo goo eyes at the library. Briar, being Briar, flits around like a rose petal on the wind and says hello to all the pretty ladies. He also, and all of the, all of the men when they introduce him are like trying to like test his magic. And he finally gets pissed off and tells somebody like, stop, we don't need to compare penises. I'm not even looking as I'm sitting here, just. And then Briar starts like going through the gardens and he gets invited by Princess Veronique to check out her gardens, which is not mm. a euphemism. I, I was gonna say, after, but I, I totally was, could be. Yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna say he gets to go play in her garden. Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> right, right. She's in literally him in a greenhouse. <laughs> greenhouse. Yeah, that's better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And all, all of the men are upset at him because they all have to compare penises. Yes. 
part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Tell me, what did you like and dislike about this chapter? And it's just Daja and Briar. I love Daja and Briar. <laughs> They're so great. But I love the, uh, unless they want to buy something from you. <laughs> Well, then and then temporary new best friend. <laughs> yes, I specifically like the the temporary. Then they're my temporary new best friend. Also, we need to point out that in this scene, right after Daja says, "Unless they want to buy something from you," the text tells us Briar grinned like a wolf, showing all his teeth, which is the same way Rosethorn smiles, like almost word for word. Makes so. me so happy. He is her boy. So much, so happy. It's all for Bernanine, and she wills it to be that way. Like some sort of will from the, the Empress. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mild spoiler. That line comes up more often than we ever saw. Power like a cloak or mm. kid. Kebab. Oh damn. It's like that. Yeah, well, I mean, it is the will of the Empress. Um, she probably didn't need to spell it out quite as hard as she did. She does. She does. She fucking goes for it. I think we did read this one for our excerpt. That would be frightening if a kid such as you claim to be would not have been able to destroy the home of a noble mm-hmm. family in the course of a few hours time and without wrecking the city around it. This one, I didn't mind as much her saying kid because they didn't have to explain what kid meant this time. Uh-huh. It was like, a oh, kid like you. Like, so they didn't, oh, you mean a baby goat? Like, <laughs> <laughs> a baby goat destroyed this place? Is mentioned before, like, the, we're still just kids at heart. And we did already right. get that descriptor, so we don't have to do it again. Yeah, but usually, even when she's already given the descriptor, she'll use the descriptor again. The interaction of Daja, like, staring at Rizu, and Rizu just being like, hi. <laughs> the first just interaction between those two, I, I love. It just, like, I that. love the fact that she does such a good job setting us up. A couple of chapters ago, we had Daja being like, I don't understand why people like this sex thing. Like, Briar's into it, and it just doesn't make sense. And I've, like, gone out with a couple guys, but, like, meh. Now, she's leading a girl. I have a friend who... Right, right! And it's... A lot of us have had that situation, I think. Maybe not. I know I have personally where you're just like, oh my god, this person is amazing. And you don't realize that this is a crush. And it's so clear that this is the situation that she's in. Yeah. She's like, this This is like the most beautiful woman. And it's like, oh, Daja. Yeah. You have a crush on somebody. I, I didn't have anything specifically highlighted for this, but Briar. I go back to the first message I sent to you, Molly. Briar, you dog. (laughs) Because it's me. I like the plant talk. Yeah. Like, I I (laughs) genuinely love that the Empress actually knows her shit. 
and we see that more in the next chapter like it's not necessarily super prevalent but like even in this one we start to get that hint of the i tried to crossbreed them it's a throwaway line and like a not not a lot of people would like think much about it until they continued on so many of them are displays of imperial power they're impersonal but i do have spots that are all mine with gardeners i trust if my duties Mm -hmm. keep me away and i have my greenhouses there's always time in the winter to get my hands dirty spoken like a true fucking gardener man again i this just proves more and more that i'm briar that is what's attractive is she just saying this though to manipulate him she could have done a lot of research to try to draw him in i i think we might (laughs) see more of that in the next chapter maybe there, there is a lot more of. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming she could only bullshit so much. To yeah. be fair, like Vedris does say in chapter two that like her gardens are famed. But yeah, we we'll we'll get more of it. I I was gonna say I made the joke of Briar ends by talking to the prettiest woman of all, but I love that like he flirts with all the girls, but then when he actually talks to Baronine, he talks to her, mm-hmm. and they have like a legitimate conversation about things that they're actually interested in like i i and that's another thing i really really like about it is we we know briar's the easiest to get attention from all you have to be is pretty and talk about plants much like me all you have to do is be pretty and talk about plants and i will follow you anywhere um (laughs) (laughs) also the flattery of uh I think between us, we would create gardens the whole world might envy. <laughs> Which could also be an innuendo. But yep. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will make beautiful plant children. We are all as horny as Briar now. Yes. If Rose Thorne was here, she'd say this is way too much woman for me. And maybe she'd even be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just accurate briar accurate listen to your inner rose thorn another one is the whole uh telling the boys to fuck off the last time i went in there with three three mind of my uh courtiers one of them knocked over a palm and broke a, clay, a shelf of clay pots they're all grace on the dance floor battlefield but not in a greenhouse this is kind of setting up that like no one goes in here mm-hmm. without her permission and that means even if she gives you permission, you don't touch any because you will be smacked. <laughs> Which is a lot of why the men are so jealous yeah. when Briar walks away with her. Oh, yeah. Because this is the one place they can't go. Well, they should have been breaking shit. Exactly. <laughs> you like Daja and Briar. I like Sandry and Briar at the beginning sandry fussing with everybody's clothes just the fact that she is fussing and that it states that she doesn't need to be adjusting any of the clothes because the clothes will adjust themselves and then finally briar's just like stop we look fine (laughs) and i was like he does look fine he looks really fine (laughs) i love this part where briar says things may be different but we're the same it reminds me of like the save the cat, I guess, formula, for lack of a better word, if anybody's familiar with save the cat, one of the beats is, quote, theme stated. And I'm like, bam, theme stated. Briar's hands 
are all like pastels. And, and they I would love have this clothes. I love the idea that, that that they like that his tattoos like change with his emotions. When they come in, they're all in their colors. So like Sandry's in this like fluffy cupcake pink. And then Briar is in green and Triss is in blue and Daja is in like copper color, like coppery orange color. So like it's just like reinforcing the like color scheme that she's built around the four kids. The fact that they all like straighten up when they show their medallions, like they pull their medallions out and then they're like, yes, we are mages. Daja's thinking about this. Oh, we're not Sandry's lowborn foster family, or that's not the most important thing about us. We're accredited mages from Winding Circle. And again, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, now maybe you could get over this whole, oh, but we're not as wealthy and noble as you nonsense and start being friends again. All the other mages who are upset because they don't like seeing people so young wearing the medallion. Daja's like, oh, well, if you don't play nicely with us, maybe we'll show you how we got them. She surveyed the room as if she would have to describe it in an exercise for one of her former teachers. And I just think this is such great writing because it gives Pierce an excuse to describe where we are. And in, a very in plausible one. The women are a range of ages, but all the men are young. Oh, I, I also marked, it's all for Baronine. She wills it to be that way on page 99. So Daja describes what happened in Cold Fire as she had done a few very noisy, messy things in Kugisko. Baronine's chief mage would surely know exactly what they had been and how foolishly Daja had behaved for things to get so messy. And I was like, I don't feel like she behaved that foolishly. Like, I feel like she's being kind of hard on herself here. Yeah, uh, she was a teenage girl. She wanted to be, she wanted to see the nice things in everybody. And, and nobody, yeah, and nobody thought it was Ben. Even when Haluda Salt finally is figuring it out, she is talking to Daja. The only reason they figure it out is because she made the, is because Daja, the there were traces of Daja's magic. And she says like, we as like police officers fucked up by not interrogating him more but not questioning him further mm -hmm. i think she's being hard on herself for a moment daja considered sending the thought now he's going to be insufferable for weeks to the other two girls but she stopped herself if i start they'll want to stay in contact all the time until they stop wanting to and they shut me out she told herself no contact is better this is like the people who are like, oh, I want to date this person, but what if they break up with me? So I'm going to break it off first so that I don't get hurt. Like, Daja, you are hurting yourself. Yeah. Stop. We have just kind of a little bit of insight into the Empress's situation. Being a woman on the throne of the largest empire north of the Pebble Sea and east of Yanjing was no easy task. We get this impression that it, she's kind of a woman in a man's world. But then also, apparently, she goes to war to keep everyone occupied. Baronine was probably worried about how else to keep her people occupied. Send them to the new lands across the endless, Daja thought with a mental shrug. That ought to keep them busy. Let them conquer the savages over there if they can. This is Europe, and there's the Americas over across the sea. And everybody thinks of those people as savages because they have a different society. Also in that same paragraph, she 
alludes to the people who live across the endless have like different types of magic so there are like maybe other types of magic in this world we don't really know what they are but I thought that was kind of cool their magic is different it's almost like magic or the use of magic affected by culture or maybe culture is affected by magic but um I like how those things kind of seem intertwined and it's it's almost like magic is kind of a metaphor for the way people interact with the world and therefore it's affected by culture but I I think that it's like kind of tied in with that culture of just little things of course like where you live also affects like your culture in general so like if you live in a more you know arid area like it affects culture in a certain way or like a more tropical like so I feel like it's a lot like that. It's just another element that makes it unique. And I right. I also really just love that touch of world building that like a very small section, a very short little passage about it. And like it, it just sets up for this more in-depth world. Daja, pretty girl. <laughs> When Sandry is examining the cloth, she pulls out her nightlight. She still has it. So, and it still works. Thing's got some insane battery life. Yeah, it does. It is the power of friendship. I wonder if her friends know if she still has it or if they're first. this is the first time they are seeing it again. That's interesting. I wonder. I hear there's a famine in Yanjing, and he's got his people wasting time and money on this, meaning the fabric. What kind of an emperor lets his people suffer while he sends something like this to Dan Kruen? I don't really have anything to add to that. Kind of shows a little bit of priority for the ruling class, I guess. Hammer Pierce yeah. telling us rich people equal bad. When uncle sees a strong young man idling about, he puts him to work. And only think, a week ago, I was riding in the mountains, wishing I could sew my sisters and brothers' mouths shut to stop them from arguing. I just love how done Sandry is with the idle noble class. And she's been there like an hour. I'm interested to see how her relationship with Ambrose grows and changes over the course of this book because of that. Because from what we've seen from Ambrose, he is not idle nobility. When they arrive, he's like, hey, sorry, I'm not going to be there. Make yourselves at home. I have other shit to handle. And then when they do finally meet him, he's covered in mud. Yeah, and because I, he's been writing so hard. And, and there, there is comments about how he loves that work. And yeah. he does it. And he's yeah. good at it. I like Ambrose. I like Ambrose a lot. Ambrose he's just cool. a good dude. He's a good dude. He actually puts... The work in. It hit her like fireworks. These are my cousin's choices, Sandry realized. She'd picked Jack and Finlock as the ones she wants to court and marry the heiress if they can. Uncle warned me she'd try this. If I wed a Namernese nobleman, I'd stop taking the, my income to Emelon. My wealth stays here. So here we get more of the political machinations. Daja, pretty, pretty girl. I just love this like exchange between Daja and Rizu where Rizu's having trouble opening this lock and then Daja gets it open and she's like oh you just need to know how to talk to locks and they're just so cute together I am concerned that um these specific people were chosen specifically for our protagonists here the Sandry's choices are a little less (laughs) like 
specifically tailored to her, I think. Yeah, they're handsome and they're boys, but like, I don't think Sandri's super interested in them. That being said, Daja and Rizu, there's something there. And I, I wonder just how much the Empress knew about potentially Daja's like encounters in the past with men and like how she wasn't interested. And then like, it's like, you know what? Bring in the hot chick. <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give her a go. Nothing so far with Triss, but like Briar and the Empress, and like she's like putting herself out there very forward with him. We we know that she wants all four of them to stay, but it's like it feels very targeted right now. It doesn't feel natural. Like it could be natural, but like in what was it? I think chapter two when we kind of get her point of view, it concerns me just how diligent she's being with these students. And I'm like, it's it's a little too perfect. Oh, um, that makes me really <laughs> sad for Dodge because she's already been through so much. Every relationship she gets is like, nope, just kidding. Barony and talking about like trying to grow the plants. The first year I was Empress, I feared he was right and that it was a fool's idea to spend all that money for something that was that went black with Frostburn instantly and never recovered. And then just shortly after, by then I'd had three assassination attempts on my life and a peasant rising that took 5,000 troops to put down. I thought that if running the empire was going to be so treacherous, I owed myself something to remind me that there was some good in being Empress. We get like a little more information about like her situation. Briar looking at Baronine, they should do statues of her to Mila of the Grain, he thought, or the local earth goddess. Briar is absolutely smitten. Yep. And I'm a little worried about him. Too much woman for him. A hot plant queen? Who wouldn't want that? Definitely too much woman for him. Her trying to get Briar to stay, and then Briar saying no. And she says, If your mind is settled, I would not try to change it. Mm, which is lies. absolute bullshit. Fucking bullshit. And she just got, she, lies. I don't know, it feels like she has him almost convinced. He's almost there. She just almost has to better eyes a couple more times and mention mm-hmm. plants, like maybe one more time and she'll be like, he'll be like, okay, I'll sleep this time. Especially if she gets him into the bed and he's done. <laughs> he's right. Done. Briar, listen to your inner rose thorn. We all need to listen to our inner rose thorn. Let's just be honest. I really liked the cloth in this, the evil cloth, because it reminded me of a story in Greek mythology of Medea giving the cursed cloth to the princess that kills her. So I thought that was pretty interesting. When Jack goes to talk to Sandry, he uses a lot of flattery on her. And she's like, I know what that is. Don't do it again, please. It's like, ah, yes, put him down. At first, when he starts talking to her, he's all like being all flat and use all this flattery is like oh man hopefully sandry doesn't fall for this bullshit and then she tells him that like oh yes murder this man stop with your stupid flattery it's not gonna get you nowhere (laughs) the flirting between dodge and rizu is so cute and then when tris goes to sneak off to the library um she thinks to herself that uh the empress is so busy watching Sandry that she bets she has eyes for little else. Daja has already noticed that the Empress sees everything and knows everything that's going on. So I feel like the Empress knows that Triss is going to sneak off to go see said library. It is all part of her plan. That's exactly what she wants her to do. 
because she knows everything about these kids. She knows that that's what Trish is going to want to do. So here, let me come up with the perfect way for you to be able to sneak off to go to the library. Here is your opportunity. Go do so. I like the entire fact the Imperial stuff has begun. I don't know why. I, I feel like I'm not normally the kind of dude that would be interested in that, but I, I always am. I like hearing about the little like interpersonal relationships and macro scale, like between different country relationships. And we get a little bit of that throughout the whole chapter. I love it. I do question why the Emperor of Yangjing would fucking send a cursed cloth to somebody and then like not immediately expect a declaration of war against them you're, you're essentially trying to assassinate like the head of state of another big country it, it, it feels weird to me and i guess i know there are economic considerations to i consider. feel like if she goes to declare war it just makes her look bad i don't know it there's it's some like politics in it well I think it's also stated at this point that she's conquered so much land that they are now neighbors somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and Yan Jing is also an empire because they have an emperor. And so they're just like these two big countries that are like constantly butting heads. I don't know. I but feel I like if she goes ahead and declares war though too, it also makes her look bad with her people because she just wants to be a warmongering person. I feel like she knows that he knows that they're not on good terms, but if she declares war, then that makes her look bad to her people, so she's got to wait for him to declare war. It's just a big chaotic thing. It it, it is very much like the entire, the whole base of being in that sort of royal court kind of thing, where everyone's backstabbing each other somehow, even though you're being nice about it up front. Briar just being an excellent salesman again. It reminds me a little bit of me with the whole, like, I don't care about your politics. I don't care about your religion. I don't care about anything, really. Like, if you're willing to buy a house and you're not, like, actively hurting people, I got something for you. I'll find you something. <laughs> like, sorry, but I, I got to make a living, too. Briar says that he doesn't like it, but we saw in Street Magic how much he actually does like it. He loves it. It's like a chess game to him. That reminds me of one Goodwin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Says he doesn't yeah. like it, but he's so excited for all this intrigue. He kind of <laughs> likes it. I Yeah, it's very much uh, like, I don't like it IRL, but reading about it, I'm, I'm all for it. Ooh, I'm all for give it. Me, give me that good stuff. I also like when everyone starts like pulling out their medallions and stuff and they all straighten their backs out, fix their thing, and they look a little more professional, I guess, magely. I'm still I'm... sad we didn't see Sandries. We've seen all of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of just bringing up the whole uh the, the whole briar with the other male mages and like the, the handshake thing oh my god that pisses me off so much it makes me upset when people actually try to do that to you in person it's only happened maybe like four or five times but it's like it's so dumb just having another dude like try to crush your hand in his and it's like what are you what are you trying to do it's a metaphorical pissing contest and as someone who has taken part in that kind of game you have to be able to back it up and the problem is i don't think any of these guys can back it up i I think that they're just posturing and whatnot and that's what's frustrating 
It's like, listen, man, if you're going to hit somebody, fucking hit them. Don't just spend two weeks saying, oh, I'm going to kick his ass. Oh, I'm going to fight him. Kick his fucking ass. Don't just sit there and talk about it. Do it. <laughs> Let me know when you're going to do it because I want to watch. Yeah. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. We kind of already talked about mine. My theme is that like high school pretend to be nice. I don't know what to call this theme except like mean girls because it's basically what this is. This is mean girls, the fantasy medieval version. Everybody knows what's going on and everybody's pretending that they don't. And you have to play this little game where you have to like, pretend to be nice to each other or pretend that that like you didn't expect them to say that or do that or you didn't know this thing about this person and it's all just bullshit and it drives me crazy so my theme is exactly the same but i was gonna word mine as like a chess game i guess making sure all the pieces fall into place and we've already basically talked about it with like the potential relationship and then the lack of with tris it the relationship being books 
So all the chess pieces are falling into place. Beware pretty things. Oh no. Don't say that. That makes me sad for Nadja. Oh no, poor Nadja. No, okay. No, no, no. I was specifically talking about the fabric. Oh, okay. Because I was Except like, but it also applies to the emperor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. Good there save. Good save. Packages all over the place. And some of those pretty packages are just vapidly pretty. Some of them have good meat inside of them. And some of them are not pretty on the inside. She's trying so, like, to trick us. Good one. She's tricking us. No, but like I was specifically referring to like the fabric and the uh-huh, uh-huh. Good save, good save. How many people are fawning over the Empress? All of them. Literally all of them. We already know that she's kind of a snake. And then we look at the fabric and the fabric's gorgeous and beautiful. And if you don't know what you're looking at, it's the one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen. However, it will kill you. Yes. Yeah, my, mine was pretty much the same thing. I, I worded it as every rose has its thorn. Because, like, we see it. All these, like, pretty, I won't say packaged, but, like, very deliberately placed people and, like, potentially interests as readers. We know what is essentially going to happen. I think we can just use kind of context clues and be like, the Empress is going to try to make Sandry and her and then the circle stay there in Namor. I think it could be assumed that eventually it's going to go bad. There's going to be some conflict. Someone's not going to want to do something. They might eventually be like essentially forced into doing something. But everything's been packaged very neatly and we, we just haven't seen the thorns yet. And I'm assuming that they're coming and they're going to be coming hard. Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? I read this article literally the day after I um, I read this chapter. I wish I re- could remember where I, it may have been a post on like Facebook or like a screenshot of a tweet or something. But it was uh, when Briar is glaring at Daja. And Daja, like, looks at him with a very calm gaze. And then he rolls his eyes and shakes his head. It's a very nonverbal... What the article said, putting it very shortly, was when you stay calm during an argument, it can tend to make people that are, you know, the more upset party angrier. And it could get them to make stupid mistakes, like misspeaking or just like foaming at the mouth mad and just getting them to do something that like makes them look dumber and it makes you look better just by staying stoic about it and having them lose their shit staying calm collected don't let your emotions get the better of you and you usually end up in a better situation during that type of conflict i need to learn to do that because i was going to say not me uh, save Listen, I'm oh, the not- one that usually ends up looking stupid. And, and that's just purely from your emotions essentially taking charge of you and you're not fully yourself. And it, it just seemed like a very interesting way to combat an argument, essentially. Just like try to keep your cool. You usually end up in a better spot. I'll have to remember that. Minds mind others' intentions. Sometimes we go in expecting one thing, and while it might fall into that category, there's someone always has other intentions to get out of 
this situation. I know that's a very like cynical way to view people. It doesn't have to be a a negative intention like my friend Ez. We haven't spoken since before I got sick. I messaged them a couple of days ago. And I was like, hey, man, my bad. And like, I, my intentions out of it were quite literally just, hey, I miss talking to you. What has your life been like for the last two months? Because we haven't spoken this, that, and the other. It also could come across as, oh, I'm just trying to get something out of this. Like, I, I want to like pull them along and pretend to be their friend, which is not the case. Everybody has intentions and we should be mindful of them. Sometimes I get too in my head about it, especially with people I don't know. Like, what is your intention for this conversation? Why are you in my space? Why are you doing this? Are you just doing it to make yourself look better? I I know I dwell on that a lot. Not every intention has to be bad. It could just be, hey, I want you to feel like you have someone you can vent to, or hey, I saw this thing and I thought of you and I just want you to have it because I thought it would make you happy. Be mindful of intentions, even those that you have for yourself. Don't just go into a, oh, I bought this thing for you, so I expect something back from it. I've tried to get better about that. And I think I've been better about that. It's quite literally just say, hey, I saw this thing and I thought of you and I wanted you to have it. But yeah, be be mindful of intentions because they can be good or they can be bad. Mine is the part where they're producing their medallions. They're showing, oh, hey, we're more than just Sandry's companions. We're fully accredited mages. Sometimes I don't feel very confident about myself or the things that I can do. I just feel like I'm just there. So it's good to remember, hey, I have things to give and I'm pretty cool already by myself I don't have to fall back on other people be like I'm friends with this person this person is really cool so since this person is cool you should like me I'm 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 pretty cool all by myself um thanks (laughs) it's nice to have my cool friends but uh, I I don't have to fall back on them I also think it's nice to have cool friends all my friends are cool that means you're cool yeah that's right It'd be pretty bad to have shitty friends. They don't sound like friends if they're pretty shitty. So mine is, I feared he was right and that it was a fool's idea to spend all that money for something that went black with Frostburn instantly and never recovered. The importance of taking risks, which is something that I have been trying to learn the last month or two, especially with this new podcast coming out. I wrote a book and it's really good about it. And I'm really excited about it. And me too. Uh, there are things that I was worried were going to be hard about it that actually turned out to be super easy. But I'm also really nervous about it because I'm putting myself out there. And Don't be nervous. It's really my, good. My book might just turn black with frostbite, and people will be like, "This is bullshit, and you did all of these things wrong." And yeah. Um, of those people. Hey, yeah, look. Do not, do not that, put that negativity out there. If that does happen, listen to me. If you don't listen to anybody else, listen to me. Because if they are not offering you constructive criticism, hey, you fucked up here. This is horrible. But this was what can make it better. If they are not right. doing that, then you don't need to fucking listen to them. If something is repeatedly pointed out, hey, this didn't work. Right. 
like maybe look at it from like an objective point of view but if somebody is just sitting there going yeah this is garbage this is fucking awful it's terrible you suck at writing you should give up forever tell them to go fuck themselves <laughs> like seriously as someone who writes as well that has been one of my biggest problems with sharing and Brittany is the best goddamn cheerleader that we have <laughs> Thank you, Brittany. You are amazing. Like, Thanks. Brittany is a I, fucking phenomenal cheerleader. Brittany people also, tell you you suck, come to me and I will tell you how much you don't suck and how much this is amazing. I listened to the first two chapters last night. Oh my God, I'm so excited. It's so fucking good. I can't wait for more. Ah, I wish it was more than just once a week. Something else about Brittany is Brittany's also really good at being like, hey, this doesn't really work, or this is a plot hole, or this is this, or this is that. Brittany reads a lot. She does. Not as much as I used to, but I try. Brittany is a good model for what we want as writers. Right. We want someone who's there to be like, this is fucking great. This is awesome. This part is a little wonky, but otherwise, this is good. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But yeah, basically, she gets told by people like, you can't do this. You can't grow these plants up north, but she loves them. She has this passion for them. And so she's like, I'm going to try. I have had a passion for writing books forever. I do slam poetry for years. People were like, yeah, I, I really think your poetry is better than your fiction. And I was very involved in the slam poetry community here. I have done national competitions, but always fiction was really my passion. I'm finally taking that risk of trying to grow this thing. It's important to, to take risks. We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter six of The Will of the Empress. I understand you have an interest in Shackans, Briar Moss. Would you care to grant your opinion of mine? He had seen bigger collections in the Imperial Palace in Yanjing, but nowhere else. The greenhouse had been divided in half with glass and yet another door. In one half, miniature trees and the gear to care for them were arranged with an eye to the light that filled the greenhouse. A number of the step-like shelves on Briar's left were empty, but the marks that water, earth, and light left on the unstained wood indicated that upward of 20 plants were missing. Your pines? Briar asked, nodding toward the empty spots. Baronine favored him with a warm smile. Exactly so. When I think they have a chance, I bring them onto my windows and terraces. I tend to be more cautious with the ones that are not evergreens. It's not unknown for the Sith to blow in a night's frost, even this late in the spring. Looking around, Briar saw a miniature forest of koi maples, each perfectly set in its large flat tray. He was drawn to it like iron to a lodestone. The Emperor Vianjing would wilt to have something like this, Briar thought as he touched the miniature leaves with gentle fingers. He can't grow maples at all, let alone a forest arrangement. The trees nearly purred under his touch, welcoming the gentle trickle of his green magic as it flowed along their stems. From there, Briar found several shapes of rhododendrons, all blooming beautifully. A step away, he found miniature apple trees in bloom. He moved from dish to dish, tree to tree, noting which had been wired to follow a particular shape, which trees displayed new grafts, which were very old, 
and which were only made to look old. He lost all track of time and his companion as he inspected each and every plant. All were lovingly tended and in the best of health. When he looked up, Baronine was gone. Briar frowned. How long did I pay her no mind? Did I vex her, ignoring her like that, and she went stomping off, he wondered? She seemed to understand a fellow might get caught up, but it's hard to tell which way empresses will jump. Then he saw spring green motion through the blurred grass, glass divider. She had gone into the other half of the greenhouse. He followed her, passing through the glass door and closing it in its wake. This side of the building was hot and damp, as hot as the jungles of southern Yanjing. It was an entirely different world, filled with wildly gorgeous complex flowers. There were as many different containers for them as there were colors and shapes of flower, ranging from pots to stick holders and slabs of cork. The Empress handled the blooms very carefully, inspecting them for problems, shifting them if she felt the light was too strong. There were rolls of muslin at the inside top of the peaked roof, each with a cord that dangled to within arm's reach at the center of the broom. Briar noted small ship-like cleats on the metal strips between panes of glass. Curtains, he guessed, in case she thinks the light's too strong in one part of the room. She can pull down the curtains and secure the cord so the muslin's close to the glass. And when she says so, they roll them up again. He knew instinctively that she was the only gardener in charge of this room, though she might have helpers to do the basic work when she could not. But these flowers bloomed with good care, and her face glowed with happiness as she tended them. Even more than the shack and house, this was her place to be happy. Did you see all she wished? She asked without looking at him. Are they not splendid? The emperor of Yanjing would perish of envy if he knew, Briar assured her. Even his collection isn't as good as yours. I should send him something he does not have then, murmured Baronine, moving on to the next plant. As my thanks for his delightful gift of cloth. What do you think of my orchids? Briar jammed his hands in his pockets. He didn't entirely approve of orchids parasites, he said, one gardener to another. The empress chuckled. They are not. They don't destroy, and real parasites do. Not that I object to parasites outside my garden, she said knowingly. I am surrounded by them, all as gaudy and pretty as my orchids. That's what courtiers are, you know. Briar shrugged. Turn them loose and let them do something worthwhile, he suggested, going over to eye a pot of striped orchids. They moved uneasily, sensing his disapproval. Ah, but what I think is worthwhile for my nobles, and what they feel is worthwhile, are so often different things, Baronine explained. In the light, her creamy skin was luminous. The problem with nobles is that they never have enough. They always want more. They would get into mischief without my eye on them, and some of that mischief would be directed at me. I would rather keep them in my palatial hothouse, where I can prune them quickly if they show signs of plotting. Seems to me they'd plot more if you kept them too close, Briar said. But I'm not as good with people as I am with plants. He scowled at the striped orchids, which had begun to tremble. Stop that, he commanded them. I won't hurt you. Now I know you aren't really parasites. Here, he stretched a hand out to them and gently touched their stems, sending calm into their veins. I'd never hurt you. Thinking of pruning, he added, not unless it was good for you. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. 
If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellow is for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. And let's talk to pretty girls. It's also appropriate that Goodwin's delivering that line, because that's what you're doing this morning, right? I need more coffee. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.